The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello and welcome to From the Consultant's Desk, where we discuss asset allocation trends and financial advisor portfolios analyzed by Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm Kevin McCullough, one of the consultants from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team. I'm joined here today by my colleague James Kelly, uh, and today we're going to be discussing some insights from the most recent quarter. James, obviously, we've had uh, you know an, another difficult quarter, really a, a, a difficult year all year. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the book you're looking at, equities, fixed income. It's been it's been really painful on all sides. What have you really seen in terms of the way that advisor portfolios have shifted their asset allocation, trying to react to what's been a you know, very difficult environment for the last couple quarters? Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, it obviously has been a very difficult year across the board, right? Across asset classes, equities and fixed income, both down. You typically don't see that happen. What we've seen in the most recent quarter was really a little bit of a, a continuation in the trend that we've seen all year, which is advisors have been increasing allocations to alternatives, right? As maybe they feel the opportunity set in traditional asset classes isn't as attractive as as it typically is. And we've also seen allocations to cash rising. At this point in the year, you can earn probably three to four percent in a money market fund. That's a pretty good um, place to be, especially if you're concerned about things going forward. Uh, Specifically in equities, we've continued to see advisors increasing their allocations in value and blend type of strategies, uh, moving away from some of the growth, which has really gotten beaten up this year, and also um, on more of kind of a sector level, increasing uh, uh, defensive type exposure and things like staples and utilities. And then I would say sort of on a regional basis, we've continued to see uh, U.S. equity positioning increase versus ex-U.S. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the world. The, the war in Ukraine has continued, which I think has sort of put a risk premium in there that has caused investors to continue to shift away, as well as U.S. dollar strength. And so, even though the ex-U.S. side of the equation, a lot of the, the international developed side of things has held up relatively well this year, I think that has more to do with the fact that the U.S. Uh, markets tend to be more heavily tilted towards growth and technology um, than what we tend to see abroad, which is much more industrial. You think Europe and you think car manufacturers, right, that they export. So that has helped the international side of things. But I think that uh, as U.S.-based investors, which our clients are, uh, we tend to see the U.S. allocations continuing to increase. And I mean, it makes sense, right, with inflation having been really one of the the major headwinds to markets this year and, and just the proportion of the U.S. market cap that is made up by tech and tech-like companies, you know, obviously that's an environment where tech tends to struggle. So not a surprise that you've seen a lot of those tech names really uh, you know, perform poorly in this environment. To that point, now that we've sort of seen potentially the, you know, the highest levels of inflation being behind us, and now inflation is seeming to start to moderate in the data, uh, have we really seen any, you know, any of that impact filter through to portfolio positioning yet? Uh, after the, the first sort of half of the year really being driven by inflation concerns and asset classes that had some sort of inflation hedge or sensitivity to benefit from inflation uh, being higher than expected, we've now seen that sort of go the other way. And a lot of these inflation-sensitive type portfolios and, and, and strategies have actually underperformed the broader uh, equity market as we've gotten into the, the second half of the year. Um, and if you think about it, the way that those inflation 
protection type of strategies work or, or when they do best is when realized inflation beats expectations, right? And so as more and more people expect inflation to be high, that gets priced in. And so then it becomes very difficult for those strategies to, to, to do well. Um, and if inflation surprises to the downside, which is what we've started to see, right? If we're having some peak inflation, then you can, you can get some underperformance from those strategies. Now, despite all of that, we've actually seen allocations and advisor portfolios continue to grow in those inflation-sensitive or inflation-protected type of areas. I think probably just driven by the fear that maybe it's just a, a blip that inflation is coming down. Maybe we haven't peaked. The sort of result uh, of, of inflation coming in hotter than expected this year has been so painful that advisors don't want to take that risk and continue. Um, so even though inflation looks like it's peaking, um, and as we, we said, the sort of less inflation-sensitive portfolios have started to to do well again. I think a lot of that, too, is that we've started to shift the narrative towards a economic growth fear and recession fear um, as opposed to just inflation. Um, again, we're not necessarily seeing that uh, positioned in advisor portfolios yet. And that's an interesting point. I mean, one thing that we talked about last time, uh, you know, we did this trends podcast was that, you know, at some point you probably do see the market fear shift from this fear of inflation uh, to the fear of decelerating growth, and that you know probably has implications for what's going to perform in those different environments. Uh, to that point, uh, you know, have we really seen any shifts on the fixed income side? Because obviously, with rates rising, inflation being high, we saw you know a pretty big shortening of duration, really compared to what we've seen in in the history. Probably some of the shortest duration readings, uh, at least on an average portfolio basis, earlier um, you know earlier this year. Uh, is that still the case, or are we starting to see maybe a lengthening of, of duration as you know the market maybe moves a little bit past that inflation fear and starts to fear what that decelerating growth backdrop looks like. Yeah, so this has been a really tough year in fixed income. I think the worst year on record for the ag, down something like over 12%. And a lot of that was just due to inflation expectations driving interest rates higher. And so to your point, uh, for the first half of this year, really what you wanted was short duration in your portfolio. And it didn't really matter about credit quality necessarily as much. Um, but as we've moved into the back half of the year and the um, growth deceleration concerns have grown, uh, advisors from the portfolios that we're looking at are starting to move back into some of the longer duration, sort of safer areas of fixed income, get a little bit more of that, what we would traditionally think of as protection in the portfolio. Um, even though interest rates have continued to push higher, maybe we're sort of topping out now. We've seen advisors start to add some of that duration. I think expecting that that more traditional relationship between equities and fixed income will come back um, and it can really act as a ballast in the portfolio. And let's not forget, yields have come up so much now that it looks a lot more attractive to add some of that higher quality fixed income in the portfolio where you can get 3-4% yield, where that really wasn't a possibility a year ago. The opportunity set on a go-forward basis for a fixed income certainly looks a lot different today than at the end of 2021. What about alternatives? I, I've been having a lot of all you know different conversations around alternatives this year. We're coming off a couple of years where alternatives really haven't performed. Uh, obviously, you've seen you know some asset classes of alternatives really perform in a big way uh, during 2022. You know, I remember last time you know last time we did this podcast, we we actually thought we'd see that sort of tick through the data and see an increase to uh, alternatives, and it really hadn't happened at that point. Uh, has that changed now that we've seen you know, close to an entire year where alternatives have really been outperformers compared to traditional assets? We are certainly now starting to see that pull through in advisor portfolios. 
Um, I think to your point, it took a little while for that to, to start to manifest in, in the portfolios we were looking at. Um, but what we've seen recently is that the allocations to alternatives have really jumped up pretty high. And they're at their highest level in five years, at close to 7% um, on average in the portfolios that we look at. Um, and there's a few areas really that have shown on the equity alternative, we sort of think of side, um, the systematic trend sort of managed futures side of, of the equation has done really, really well. Uh, part of that, I think, is that you've had some pretty well-established trends this year in things like the dollar, um, inflation-impacted trades like interest rates and fixed income, right? They all sort of have moved in the same direction, which has been good for for a lot of those strategies. And, and managed futures, for example, is a great portfolio diversifier. And so I think that that's been really important um, and has played out for advisors who have been looking for alternative sources of risk and return when it, it certainly seems like uh, or seemed like it would be a challenged equity environment. And then on the fixed income side of things, as we, we mentioned before, this was a really tough year for traditional fixed income with any sort of duration being down. So advisors who um, had the foresight to maybe move into some what we would think of as fixed income alternatives, and, and namely I'm thinking of something like a market neutral um, or even an, a, an option writing type strategy, which which will have some equity beta, but much more limited than than traditional uh, equity exposure. Those asset classes really have held up a lot better than traditional fixed income. Now, I think going forward, that since you can earn a pretty good yield now, maybe that's not quite as an attractive place. But as long as there's uncertainty out there, you know, as long as we're unsure of when, when the Fed's going to stop or pause or whatever they're going to do, I think that there's a case to be made for alternatives um, occupying a spot in a portfolio, uh, as, as certainly as a diversifier. And and I think that this year, that has certainly uh, probably separated the best portfolios from, from the worst. Um, and yes, we, we've been seeing that continue to grow. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly understand advisors wanting to maybe play it a little tighter to the vest and, and have pieces of their portfolio that are going to perform in, in almost any environment uh, when you just consider how much uncertainty still remains out there even even today. Um, any any final comments that you would have on on either the markets or uh, or what advisors have been doing in their portfolio, James? Yeah, so you know this was a really really tough year, um, pretty much across the board, right? It was hard to find really positive return anywhere, um, unless you you were using alternatives or you were, you know, very specific with your your equity positioning. Um, and even in that case, the S and P five hundred, the AG, they were both down double digits this year. So with inflation still a primary concern, with the war in Ukraine still raging on, um, and China lockdowns sort of still in place, maybe starting to lift, maybe starting to open, hard to know exactly what's going to happen in China. I think that there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, and we continue to see advisors move towards those sort of lower multiple, higher quality value funds, reduce their international exposure. But we did start to see duration increase on the fixed income side of things. So maybe there's a little bit of a bright spot light at the end of the tunnel on fixed income with the yields you can earn out there, although that's probably due to rising recession fears. There's a, there's a balance there. But I think on the bright side, inflation seems to be moderating. And with both equities and fixed income having sold off so much, um, you know, there may be attractive opportunities ahead. Yeah, cer- certainly a challenging year remains uh, remains uncertain. But y- you know, if you're a long-term investor, uh, I-, I think there's a pretty strong argument that you're getting some pretty good entry points in uh, you know some different markets right now. That concludes our, our podcast on advisor trends uh, for the most recent quarter. Uh, please feel free to reach out to us with any questions or comments about portfolio trends or uh, for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the portfolio consulting team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions, thank you for your continued partnership and thanks for listening. 
Important information. As of January 3rd, 2023, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. S&P 500 Index is a widely recognized measure of U.S. stock market performance. It is an unmanaged index of 500 common stocks chosen for market size, liquidity, and industry group representation, among other factors. It also measures the performance of the large cap segment of the U.S. equities market. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is a broad-based index that covers the U.S. dollar-denominated, investment grade, fixed rate, taxable bond market of SEC-registered securities. The index includes bonds from the Treasury, government-related, corporate, mortgage-backed securities, asset-backed securities, and collateralized mortgage-backed securities sectors. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision Natixisimsolutions.com. Natixis Distribution, LLC is a limited-purpose broker-dealer and the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. Member SIPC POD 44 December, 2022, Ad Tracks 5366283, 1, 1 Expiration Date January 31, 2024, Professional prior to making any investment decision Natixisimsolutions.com. Member SIPC POD 44 December, 2022, Ad Tracks 5366283, 1, 1 Expiration Date January 31, 2024,